This is Geek Gab with your hosts, John, Brian, and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. That's right, Geek Gab for Saturday, November 5th, 2016. Today, we're going to be talking about the latest marvelous Marvel Studios masterpiece, Doctor Strange. But before we do, John, how was your week? Fantastic. Uh, lots of lots of great geeky stuff in the news. Um, it's BlizzCon this weekend, so uh, there's some great news coming out as far as the next couple of patches in World of Warcraft. Um, big tournaments for StarCraft and Heroes of the Storm and, and you know, all their great games. So... Uh, it's kind of a great, exciting weekend for uh, video game nerds. Did you hear about Diablo? Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the the announcement that they were releasing all the original levels as a, a pack for Diablo Three? Is that right? I don't know if it's the entire original game. It's got sixteen levels in it, and I remember the original game having a lot more than just sixteen levels. So it's like a, it, it, unless I'm completely wrong, it's like a compact version of the original game. It's got 16 levels, but the four original bosses in it. So it's kind of a mini remake, a mini HD remake of the original Diablo. But it, I'm still excited. It may actually convince me to buy the Diablo 3 for the uh, Xbox One, which up until now I have not done. I recommend it. Um, we picked up the PlayStation 4 version, and it was pretty good couch co-op. We got quite a few hours out of it. Uh, Bradford Walker from chat says that it's not the original game, and it's entirely just uh, an homage. That's what I thought. I heard 16 levels, and I'm like, no, I remember, I remember doing a lot more than that. In the original, I remember, I remember spending a lot more time than that in the original Diablo. So, all right, but still, it's exciting. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to playing it. I'm looking forward to walking back into town and having Deckard Kane say, Come, my friend, stay for a while and listen. I think that'd be awesome. Yes, that is a cow, all right. So, also being able to spend tons and tons of gold for that little kid. I went through like three swear words there before I could find a word I could say on the air for that little kid to uh, run off and get the random item. And then uh, you just, you click away so quick because he never has anything you need. And then that one last time when he realized he actually has something really, really awesome, you don't have enough gold for it. Always, always happens that way. Wurt, right? Wurt, Wurt in his leg. Am I wrong? No. So, all right. Anything else? Any other news this week in BlizzCon? Uh, not so far. Things are just getting underway. Uh, saw some great matches from the Heroes of the Storm tournament that just started a couple hours ago. Um, how's your uh, how's your campaign going? Oh, my weekly game. Uh, funny, as I'm suffering from jet lag and uh, and uh, told everybody that. <laughs> that maybe we'll cut the game short this week. We all got together, and, uh, and these guys are so excited to get back to it after a month that we, uh, you know, we played straight through for like four hours straight. Um, 
Um, nothing in particular uh, exciting is going on, but uh, as you know, we're doing like a, one of those mega dungeons where it's huge and massive with a, with a big long backstory and, and tons of rooms to explore. And, and they keep making progress and, and they're really excited about the progress they're making. They're finally, the players are finally starting to understand sort of that uh, this is sort of like a real place. Like they're getting into the backstory. They're, they're sort of understanding what this place is. Um, so they're beginning to appreciate the game world more and it's becoming more real to them. Cool. All right, let's go to Brian. How was your week? Busy. Been working hard on my third book and the second draft should drop to my beta readers sometime this week. So excited about that. Did you get to do anything else fun besides that and the topic of the show? No. No. I, I work for a living. <laughs> I actually uh, I, I did the opposite of that I actually went and spoke to my accountant fun <laughs> you went on a fun draining exercise yeah so I can you know it, it helps me pour my fun out to, to you guys because I'm purposefully d depriving myself of it so yeah you get to have all the fun Can't wait to see so, what, what do you think of the book Really what you're doing when you're talking to your accountant is you're just hoping to, to stave off some kind of unpleasant visit by the IRS, right? Right. You're hoping to keep that wolf from your door. You're hoping to be able to, because as a writer, you're an independent contractor, especially working for as an indie. You're the one who gets all the money, so you're the one that has to pay all your taxes and everything. You don't have a, a company to do withholding. You have to deliver all your money on a quarterly basis or the IRS comes beating down your door. You got it. So lots and lots of fun stuff. Well, was Dr. Strange at least a nice break from the tedium of the week? Yeah. It was exactly that. It was a nice chance to, to get out. Um, Surprisingly enough, folks, all three of us have actually seen the movie this week, seen Doctor Strange, so all three of us have the opportunity to have developed an opinion. I don't know whether we all have, though. Um, I'm notorious. You seem kind of, you seem kind of like not enthused, like it didn't really ring your bell. Are talking about me? Yeah. Well, I'm more interested in what... Uh when I was just saying. What was that? Oh, I, I'm well known for being poor at developing opinions. Oh. Well, I, I deserve that. You know, careful what you ask for. But no. Um, okay. Well, first of all, as usual, I did not pay to see Doctor Strange. Uh, I instead went ahead and gave Lee Child some more money because why not? I, I kind of dig Lee Child. So, paid for Jack Reacher, Went into Doctor Strange. What are they going to do about it? Now, oddly enough, so, I actually saw Jack Reacher too. I went to two movies yesterday. One was Jack Reacher, and one was Doctor Strange. I was see, I didn't go to see Jack Reacher because at first I thought it was a gay porn film. Uh, wait, it's not. <sighs> my my verdict on the second Jack Reacher is the same as my verdict on the first Jack Reacher, which which is I want them to be very very good thrillers, and they're just not quite there. So, it's a good summation. Yeah, that's too bad. 
And there's I've heard Lee Child described as like the the Oreos of thrillers. Like you know what you're gonna get. You know. I, I wasn't excited by the movie. There wasn't a whole lot of detail I'm going to give on it because you don't need a whole lot of detail. It's a thriller. Yeah. There's running yeah, around. Yeah. It just, it wasn't as, it's not as good as I want it to be. So. Gotcha. Um, so, Doctor Strange. Um, it wasn't horrible. It did, it about met my expectations. There were, I, I'm not going to discuss any spoilers here because it's, it's so new. But, the main thing that impressed me was the clever way they handled the film's climax. It reminded me of something I would write. Um, and speaking of which, the magic system, Vernon might be able to back me up here, it's basically mine from Ethereal. It's people tapping into energy that they say, yeah, it's basically quantum physics. It's, it's a form of, of science, and we just learn how to manipulate it. Uh, very similar, yeah. I, what I would say is their explanation for the power source, you know, what, what mm -hmm. makes the magic works, work is straight out of an ethereal. And then the the actual actions that they do, you know, the way the sorcerers manipulate that energy and, and how they use that energy to affect the world is straight out of the world of darkness, if you've ever played Mage the Ascension. Interesting. Yeah, yeah in... in uh, in Doctor Strange, the sorcerers effectively change reality, and mm -hmm. uh, in Mage the Ascension, uh, it's the same idea. And in, in fact, one of the big concepts in Mage the Ascension is that if you change uh, reality too much, or you know, as they put it, vulgar, you know, vulgarly, is that a word? We made it. Um, then you would invite paradox on yourself you know you would be negatively affected by that yeah and that is something i believe they directly warn about in dr strange and uh, looking at the trivia on imdb uh, according to kevin Feige, the concept of magic in the marvel cinematic universe is inspired by the matrix and the works of stanley kubrick and hayao miyazaki so i don't know i can kind of see the matrix thing but not seen where kubrick and Miyazaki come in, but I'll take his word for it. So, what did you think of the movie, John? Did it meet your expectations? Did it exceed them? Did you were you bored? Uh, no, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think uh, it was a, definitely a fun uh, Marvel popcorn movie. Um, the background and the storyline. If you're uh, you know if you're a magic or gaming uh, nerd like I am, really appreciated the way they presented the sorcerers. Um, and their magic uh, and the world, the way it interacts with the world, like I was just describing. I really appreciated that. It added sort of enough, they, they laid enough groundwork so that the rest of the movie you could follow because the movie doesn't make sense, right? And I don't mean like the yeah. plot. Like it's, it's wizards changing reality. It by definition doesn't make sense. But it's, it's like a lot of other well-written stories where as long as you lay that groundwork, everything's sort of credible. Yeah, the, the one thing it kind of stuck in my craw was I didn't feel that they sold the price of the magic enough to me because you need to establish early on what sorcerers can and can't do and what the what the price for the magic is like. Why don't they just grab a gun, right? So, I don't know, does using, what is the limit on them just using magic? Like, is there a limit how many spells you can use at once? Uh, does it make you tired? Does it corrupt your soul? 
does it risk, you know, some kind of paradox or something? They they do mention it for one particular aspect of the magic, but not the system as a whole. And they also don't do a very good job of laying out the um, the the moral calculus of it. It seemed like they were kind of going for Star Wars light side, dark side kind of thing, where there's a moral dimension depending on which power source you draw from, but I don't know, I really felt that like um, a lot of what was handled through character exposition, there's no excuse not to show it in a movie. Like I could have used a couple visual scenes fleshing out some of the concepts. Uh, I think you make a good point. And I, I think that's sort of, I would extend that to the, you know, the movie as a whole and that they explained it all, you know, they gave you enough background and, and showed enough cool stuff uh, to give you an idea of how the magic system worked. And it was just enough to serve the story. Mm -hmm. And I felt that that was the same yeah. way about the, you know, about the characters, about the plot and everything. They're like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to give you the bare minimum of the stuff you need to do. And, and there's, there's your skeleton and we're going to hang this cheesy Marvel popcorn movie on top of it. I would argue that the price of the magic lies in, at least for Dr. Strange, lies in overcoming his character flaws in order to be able to wield the magic. That's what his... That's what his um, struggle was for a lot of the movie is his arrogance uh, is what prevents him from being able to effectively wield the magic. And he doesn't become really, truly great until he overcomes his arrogance. And... That yeah, that's a great... Yeah, that's classic. No, go, go ahead. That may be something that would play out better over the course of a year or two of, of monthly comics or, or six months of monthly comics. But I think that's, I think that's where, what they tried to draw out of it as far as his development goes. That's how he learned the magic, how he earned the magic. Yeah, they, and they allude to that too. And he goes and visits Pangorn and he tells him, yeah, you know, it, it comes at a great cost and Dr. Strange is like, well, how much? And he's like, I'm not talking about money, man. So yeah, that clearly ties into his arc. That's really good writing. But it also has a limitation because it's pretty much the same origin story we saw before with Iron Man. In fact, I, I think of this movie as magical Tony Stark. Or that's how I think of Stephen Strange. They've even got the same facial hair. Which isn't really his fault. It's like, yeah, it's patent Marvel origin number three but it works here's my here's my opinion of the movie um dr strange exceeded my expectations for the movie um a lot of people were saying oh well the visual effects and stuff they're just inception um because of the various city bending that was in the trailers um and so that's not really a spoiler that was stuff that was in the trailer um and I would say, from my point of view, every time they had a major scene, an extended scene, with magic going on, each of them was at least a large part different, and sometimes very, very different. None of the scenes were duplicated each other, and so it didn't get boring. 
even with a whole bunch of special effects going on, and it could easily get boring because we have seen a ton of effects-heavy movie uh, movies that look fake, that feel fake, that don't feel grounded, where the characters just kind of feel like you know for a fact they're in front of a green screen, and you know for a fact that it looks like they're in front of a green screen and you're bored because it doesn't feel real. And, and the last one I can remember seeing is the Warcraft movie. The whole movie looked fake. The whole movie felt fake. And I just, I didn't buy it for a second. I didn't enjoy it while I was watching it. But with Strange, you could, the way they did the effects um, was such that even though they were absolutely fantastic and absolutely unrealistic, um, they didn't feel fake enough to draw you out of the moment, and they were different enough, each scene was different enough, not to be repetitive, not to be boring. They keep on trying to mix up the characters that are involved. They keep on trying to mix up the struggle that's going on in the scene. They mix up what conflict is going on in a scene. And so they did a very, very good job of exceeding my expectations of keeping the movie interesting. Um, and that is because there are so many movies that fail at just keeping the movie moving and keeping it interesting. Um, I gave it, uh, you know, that, that, that really, uh, I didn't get bored during the movie. So that's a, that's a big compliment from me. Um, and just when you thought you had had enough of magic and enough of monks and enough of Tibet, all of a sudden, you're in a different place. All of a sudden, you wrap back around to something earlier. All of a sudden, the struggle changes, and Doctor Strange is facing a new, um, a new sort of uh, situation. I'm kind of being vague here because we really don't want to give away spoilers. Um, but they keep on coming back to to all kinds of different things, and I I think it's because there's a lot of really complicated concepts in the movie. They've got at least one alternate plane involved, and they've got two dimensions of this universe, two magical dimensions of this universe involved, and they have to give you enough background to be able to kind of move those into the story and have them make enough sense to work, and they actually work. You don't feel like those scenes, when they're involving this other plane or these two magical dimensions, they don't feel like they're arbitrary. They don't feel like they're um, just because. They don't give you a detailed book of rules like you might get in a Sanderson novel, because this isn't a novel, it's a movie, but it feels like there is some internal consistency to how those scenes work, and it's consistent with what they spoke about earlier in the movie and what you have seen earlier in the movie, and so it makes sense on that level. The actions that take place in those other realities, in those other, um, uh, other phases of existence, make enough sense that they don't stand out like, wait a minute. You said that couldn't happen, and now it's happening. This is complete crap. I hate this movie. And, and you walk out of the theater angry. Did not happen. And for that, I thought was really, really impressive, especially because that could have been so, so confusing. There's at least three different kinds of magic going on in the movie in addition to those extra planar activities. And so the fact that they could keep them all straight and give them their own theme their own visual theme, their own gestural theme, their own um, 
body language theme with the magicians, I thought was a very, very subtle way of reinforcing how um, the magic was different without it being textually explicit in, in dialogue. Um, and so, and they also reinforce it visually with color and things like that. And so, yeah, I thought they did a really, really good job at, could easily have been overwhelming the large number of different things that were going on in the movie that they structured in such a way that it wasn't confusing. Yeah, I thought they did a, they kept the pacing fast. Yes. And you're right, it, that, that is why it exceeded my expectations because it was, it was never dull. I never just checked out. And in fact, they're also very good at um, establishing and maintaining dramatic tension. For example, what, what did you guys think of the actual just straight non-mystical operating scenes? Because there are like three operations, three times where Dr. Stranger's associates have to operate to save a patient's life. And I was thinking, I could watch just a whole movie of just them doing that. They did those very, very well. And here's the thing. I disagree that Doctor Strange is Tony Stark. I think that the, in the beginning, Doctor Strange is Doctor House. Without the limp. I've never seen House, so that might be why you want me to do Very, very similar characters, for sure. House is an absolute, brilliant, complete, off-the-charts genius at diagnostic medicine. But he is also at, because of that, he is also absolutely, thoroughly, totally arrogant and a complete ass to everyone around him. So Dr. Strange, the character, Dr. Stephen Strange at the beginning of the movie, before he's learned any of his magic ways, just a surgeon, is like um, Gregory House without the limp, but a lot more handsome. And so... <laughs> and also a British actor doing an American accent, although not quite... As well, but he did, the there was a couple of times where he he kind of slips back into a little not, bit of yeah. It's not Carrie always bad. It's not Carrie always muddled, but uh, yeah, you know. And so that's. Um, I'm not saying Tony isn't arrogant, but uh, his arrogance is is completely different uh, because the focus of his character is completely different. The focus of Tony Stark's character is basically himself. His uh, pleasure, his having fun. He does everything for fun. He runs his business for fun. He makes inventions for fun. He's not really serious about everything. Whereas Doctor Strange is all business. And he's doing his business of being a surgeon, you know, kind of for self-aggrandizement, kind of for the fame, and kind of for the money. But he would never... You know, he's not a woman, sir. He's not a playboy. He is dead set on, and he, he wants to save people's lives. He, he is in his job to do his job 110%, even though he's an arrogant ass about it. So that's where, I mean, yes. Well, he wants to save certain people's lives. He wants to save high-profile people's lives because he's, yes. he's in it for the channel. Rather, he wants to cure interesting maladies. Yes, and that's, that's where Dr. House comes in, because that's what House does. They would give him, like, five cases at the beginning. He'd say, boring, boring, boring. Oh, now that's interesting, and that's the case he'd do. And if they wanted him to save somebody's life, they'd have to make the case interesting enough that he would take it. Mm 
but but that's what I mean. I mean, he would never uh, Doctor. So that's why I think Doctor Strange was different than Tony Stark. Both of them are arrogant. Absolutely, both of them are arrogant. Both of them are absolutely super geniuses. But um, there are large differences in their character. Yeah, both of them almost are. qualify. They almost qualify as superheroes before they get their powers. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's only through his, it's only because of his super genius that Tony Stark can actually build his um, Iron Man suit. And it is despite his genius that um, Stephen Strange can actually master magic. He has to learn to overcome the arrogance that his genius has given him. I feel like that could have been presented better. I think the uh, the great things that they did in terms of, uh, you know, the pace and keeping the dramatic tension and everything uh, were achieved by, you know, at a bit of a cost, which was they cut short that sort of character development that needed to happen. They cut short. I, I didn't find the training sequence where Dr. Strange learns the magic powers. I, I found it slightly confusing and, and not very satisfying. Uh, I, I found myself sitting there, I, you know, I'm just going to, he, he learned magic powers and I'm just going to go with that. I, like you know what I mean? I didn't feel it, but uh, it was there, and it served the rest of the story. So I think they they emphasized probably the right things to make it an entertaining movie, but it was at a cost. Yeah, I'd agree with you. There was a lot that they had to unpack there with a limited amount of time. I mean, that that's the drawback of always doing the origin stories, where but, they even where they even say this is going to take years of practice. And I didn't feel like it took that long, but uh. well, they they goofed. They actually didn't really express how long it took. They yeah. did in a very subtle way that if you weren't paying attention, you missed. And apparently, you both did. Yeah, what happened? At the very beginning of the show, the very beginning of the movie, they show a picture of the New York skyline, mm -hmm. and there's a picture of the Avengers Tower, all brand new with the A on it. Oh yeah, I totally missed it. And I later noticed, in the movie, I noticed that yeah. Later in the movie, when they go back to Manhattan, the Avengers Tower is there, but the A is missing, and it's all beaten up. And those two events bracket, one was before, uh, or one happened just after um, the first Avengers movie, and the other one is just after the second Avengers movie, Age of Ultron. And, show, and so they're indirectly showing you that at least several years have passed um, in his training because it went from right after the first Avengers movie to right after the second Avengers movie. That is really, really subtle. And also, you're a huge nerd. <laughs> well, we also know, well, here, here's some nerdery for you. We know it had to have taken place, we, we know this whole movie had to have taken place before Winter Soldier, because Stephen yeah. Strange is already one of the people that uh, Hydra is keeping tabs on through S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Yeah, because, well, and, and because he has already disappeared, he's dropped off the map, gone to, you know, gone to Tibet, and then done some other stuff. So um, parts of the movie took place before Winter Soldier, and I'm betting the rest of the movie took place after Winter Soldier. So, yeah, they, they did, uh, 
Um, so that's some some subtle timeline hints if you were if you're paying attention if you've watched the Marvel movies. Which you obviously have. Yes, I have. All right, we are we are almost right. running out of time. I very much enjoyed the movie. There was nothing in there that jarred me out of it. I thought it was better than Ant Man. Um, it has probably jumped up to my into the top five of the Marvel movies for me. I it was. I still think I enjoyed Civil War and Winter Soldier more, but it's definitely uh, up, up in the top five. I think it might even be almost as good or maybe better than the first Avengers. Uh, I wouldn't read it that high. I'd, I'd put it in the middle. The reasons Dorn all said, you know, and, and you, it keeps moving. There's always something interesting to look at in the background, but I thought that uh, the world building and the characterization weren't fully fleshed out enough. I thought there was too much spoken exposition, too much tell not enough show, and for a movie, I mean, that's what a movie is for. But uh, it sets us nicely going into the uh, Infinity War, and you know, we're, we're paying for that on the installment plan, and I, I did not mind watching this. You know, I, I, I had fun. Uh, I feel a little closer to the way you feel, Brian. I think that it was it, the thing is is that they they didn't do a lot of that stuff because what they went for they achieved they they got a a competently executed movie with a lot of fun a lot of action uh, uh covered by something that we didn't talk about which was actually as usual with marvel movies a great cast and uh so they yes. came out they they came out with a uh g- good action movie uh I'm surprised this isn't like a summer movie and uh, it was competently done. And so I think it is as far as Marvel movies go, uh, it's, I I hate to use the word forgettable because it wasn't bad at all. It's actually a really good movie, but it's a forgettable movie compared with the, you know, the big uh, ten poles. Um, We are out of time, but I I, I do want to take a second and say uh, the casting in this movie for the most part is really, really excellent. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch does just an impeccable job uh, and the reason why the movie got scheduled in November is because he had some conflict with another project so they had to bump it back to get him involved yeah. in the movie he was, uh, he was playing Hamlet Hamlet on a, on a stage play um, and so uh, I think that was the right call even though it delayed the movie getting him involved he just perfectly did Stephen Strange uh, Rachel McAdams played his girlfriend um, she did a, an excellent job um, there's some other, uh, I think most of the cast did just an incredible job. So the main villain, uh, played by Miles Mads Mickelson, Mads Mickelson from Hannibal. Um, he, uh, he did a, just a absolutely stupendously wonderful, awesome job. I have nothing but praise to give for his performance. Um, he's one of those villains with a good argument. And, and he was he was wry and funny and, and, you know, he was interesting. We didn't even talk about the humor. You say wry and funny. Dr. Strange, you wouldn't expect it. I certainly didn't get into the movie. It was full of great humor. They did. They had a lot of, it was not a dark movie. It was not an oppressive movie. They have enough humorous moments that it doesn't ruin the movie. It doesn't make it a jokey movie, not, um, uh, but it does break up the serious moments that are going on. So that's that. That was well. Uh, 
I like that. I enjoyed that. I appreciated yeah. that. It's not Ant-Man wacky. No, it's not Ant-Man wacky. It's not Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, just lighthearted all the way through. But they had enough humor to, to leaven it out. All right. Well, we have to, we have to go. We're out of time, folks. Uh, this is Geek Gab for Saturday, November 5th, 2016. Catch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekgab. Catch us on SoundCloud. Uh, do a search for Geek Gab there. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Do a search for, surprisingly enough, Geek Gab. And you can also subscribe to us through the Google Play Store. Do a search for Geek Gab. Um, all this information, uh, links to uh, Brian's books, links to our blogs and Twitters and stuff like that will be in the description. And uh, probably, most likely, We'll be back next week with a special guest. Um, John, you want to tell us about the special guest who's probably coming back next week? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk with Kinetic. He's a, a blogger and podcaster from the website Enthusiax. Uh, he's an old friend of mine. He's a veteran of the video game industry. Uh, so if you guys want to hear about uh, Tales from the Trenches or Behind the Line, as, as he calls it, uh, tune in next time. And, and the good thing about next Saturday is that'll give me time to play through Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. I've also played through Battlefield 1, Titanfall 2. So I played through a lot of the AAA releases for the fall uh, winter. So that'll give us something to talk about um, for next Saturday. So looking forward to that. We're talking video games next week, assuming he can make it, which it looks like he can. So we're looking forward to that. Thanks for tuning in, folks. This has been Geek Gab. And uh, three of us are going away now, but don't worry. Don't you fret. We will. Be back.